It's 12 o'clock in Frisco, Texas, and it's time for Smoker Broker Radio with Robert Mesh, a.k.a. The Smoker Broker. Robert is the owner of Small World Realty and has employed hundreds of real estate agents in his 17-year career. He has instructed and mentored over 10,000 real estate agents at the highly acclaimed Champions School of Real Estate and is considered an expert in Texas residential realty. Robert is also an advocate of true entrepreneurial spirit and has helped many to transition from corporate America into the world of self-employment. And now live from the studio to your world, The Smoker Broker. Hey, welcome to Smoker Broker. I'm Robert Mesh, and I'm the guy they call Smoker Broker. Hope everything's going well. Hope the summer's going good for you. Uh, cruising along. Kids are back to school. Great. Good. Best time of the year as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's weird. They, they go back so early. You know, they don't they do not do the uh, – we used to go back like after Labor Day, and, you know, they start getting ready in July. So it's always kind of awkward where they say the summer ends, but I uh, hope everybody is doing good. Hope you're either happy that your kids are back in school or I don't know. I mean, I know I am. Uh, summer's cruising along. Market continues to be very good. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the initial phase and the concern that the interest rates were rising was going to, you know, put a stymie on the market. I think that that's kind of, I uh, just leveled out. I think people are starting to accept the fact that rates are higher and they're going to be. And if they're smart, they should know that they are going to continue to stay high. Uh, well, high. I don't know. I, I, I'm breaking my own rule. I don't even know why I say it's high. It's not high. Historically, it's a ridiculously low rate. But uh, anyways, they, they're, uh, the market's not being affected as much as it was. It started, it's just like I said, if you watch any of the shows, I usually call it way before uh, I said there's going to be a break tap and you'll have a few deals that pass in and out. And that's exactly what happened. And if you look the last few weeks, we haven't seen as much of that. And people are trying to figure out what is the new norm as they complete uh, this market shift. So wherever you are in that, uh, good luck. Uh, it's getting to where we're at a better market uh, where we're heading, believe it or not, you know, higher interest rate. Actually, it's going to even that market out, and I think that's going to be good for everybody. We are going to be talking about the closing procedures today. This is probably one of the – it's one of the most simple things that we discuss, but it's also has the worst consequences because if it, if there's anything that goes wrong in the process, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot on the line, uh, and uh, this is where we constantly talk about – you know, real estate, you, you try to keep it uh, business-wise, but it, people take it so personal, and, and that's what screws this piece of it up. Uh, they're either inconvenienced because there's a delay and they can't move in or they can't do, you know, they can't get in when they want to, and then there's fighting, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they had people come down and, and to move them in, and now they're told it's two or three days later. Um, and it can be a ton of different things that cause this. So that part is the ugly part. The process itself is a piece of cake, but actually going through it uh, is ridiculous. As always, I bring my crew on. I uh, can't do anything without these guys, especially Brent over here. Mike, I probably could do without, but that's okay. He's been with me a long time, uh, long time friend, uh, and love having him on the show. Uh, very skilled at... Um, uh, responding to a lot of the stuff that we do here. Then I got my buddy down here on the corner. How's it go this way? 
Hunter Nix. He's with uh, Fair Texas Title. Uh, him and his uh, cohort there, Morgan, uh, who's working away, which that actually worked out good since we were having some mm -hmm. uh, some technical glitches. But Hunter, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate that. No problem. Happy to do it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. We've got Morgan as the full time escrow officer back here working away, but she'll be able to answer questions. So yeah, no, no, that's great. Good. I'm glad that uh, you guys were able to uh, make that effort. Like I said, we could, uh, we always could do this particular show ourselves, but it's nice to have uh, a very good title company uh, kind of just uh, echoing in the back there. So we're glad that you guys are uh, making the time. So let's talk about as we get into the process. Uh, you know, let, let's start with where we're, you know, just about a probably a week outside of close. Let's talk about some of the things that uh, we need to do. And let's start from the uh, buyer side. So, Mike, uh, go through, you know, give an overview. We're going to talk in detail about the things you're going to say, but give an overview as to what it is that we're doing the week before on the buy side. Uh, well, so I guess. Got to make sure that the actual, you know, the documentation is all correct. You know, look over the closing disclosure. Look, make sure that that you know the um, the numbers look right to you. I mean, obviously, you don't see all the lending numbers, but you know the numbers look right to you. Uh, you have to have your CDA in to the title company so that they can make sure that that's right. Especially when um, the commission's different than six percent, because they're going to probably um, default it to six percent. Um, make That's sure, all the, uh, make sure all the, 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 you have all the receipts in line for repair amendment. If there was one, sometimes there isn't, um, yeah. you know, things like that. Make sure schedule your walkthrough, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Those are all the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, well said, because those are each important steps in this process that it shouldn't be difficult, but sometimes they can be. So let's talk about. The well, actually, I'm going to talk about one thing you mentioned uh, that's true with the title companies. Uh, they do make the assumption that uh, if we haven't submitted that CDA, it's at six percent, which I don't blame them. I and mean, they got to put something down there, so uh, it's not their fault. But uh, it does happen every once in a while. And a lot of those listings are not six percent, so a lot of times we have to go back in there and, and well, unless you're Brent, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, so sometimes we got to go back in there and check to make sure that those numbers are correct. You know, you mentioned something else too, Mike, about the CDA, and that's uh, that was one of the topics that I wanted to hit today as far as the takeaways go. Uh, you know, we're not experts in finance and lending. Uh, we just have to know the process. And when we review that closing disclosure, it's not like we're taking a detailed look at it. There's only a few things that I'm concerned about on there. I'm looking at um, was the terms of the contract right as far as the sales price and any concessions that we gave. And uh, I'll always ask the buyer. I don't I don't know what their rate is, but I'll ask, I go, hey, is, the, is that the correct rate? And is your monthly payment look like what you're expecting? Other than that, I'm really not so concerned about what's on that close, closing. Disclosure. That's not my... Uh, uh, responsibility really in there, but I do have to verify a few of those things well, you're uh, to, to make sure, sure we're going to go. You know, the credit's on the correct side. You know, sometimes it'll sure. actually put on the wrong side, and you know, we're all human, yeah. so that's it's just another set of eyes to check it over. Well, you know, you know no, matter, it doesn't matter which side you're on with, whether it be for the buyer or the seller. I always make to look, I always look to see how close I was when I estimated the closing cost. 
Yeah. You know, just to stick, you know, because they, we always run the net sheet for them, you net. know, and, yeah, you know, of course, if they, net, if they gave the us the worst. wrong payoff or whatever, you're off big. But, you know, I like, I'd like to get, you know, within 500 to a thousand bucks of what, uh, what a seller's net is going to be, you know. And that's a stressful thing because when we do that net sheet, we tell them and, you know, we're always pretty darn accurate in there, but it's still that. Oh God, I hope I didn't screw that up. Cause if they're expecting, you know, 180 and they're going to get 150, oh my God. But you know, it's never been off as long as you do it correctly. Yeah. I'm well, never worried about off. whether it's screwed up. I mean, you know, their payoff is not what their actual statement that month says. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's interest calculated for 20, 20 more days and it could be another. It's crazy how many people don't even know how much they have on their house. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. They don't know what they're, what their last year taxes were they don't know what their monthly payment is i'm like how'd y'all make it this far do y'all just like turn the like the turn the light on and hope it just runs itself because it's amazing how many people don't know that so you know it's funny if you listen to both mike and, and brent they both said the same thing and they say it just because it's so nonchalant to them but for a lot of people it's not notice how they're very confident about their usually within four or five hundred dollars and the reason why they can be like that is over the years the formula that we've used to uh, predict that net sheet as long as we were given the numbers it should be pretty much damn well what we said so i love how they um, both had a level of confidence there because they know if they do it right it should be exactly within that you know with that margin of error so for those that are fairly new and even for those that are outside of our firm and company uh you know I, I this is a learning show no matter what you do so i don't mind sharing on here i'll give you the most simplistic net sheet in the history of real estate hunter over there probably has one that looks like you have to go to harvard to, to fill in there's like three or four pages and you don't need that all you got to do is take your sales price minus your realtor fees minus your title costs minus your prorated taxes minus the debt that you owe in the house and take that away from the sales price and that should be pretty damn close to what you expect now let me i gotta let me i gotta give you a couple calculations in there because it's you have to know a couple things uh of course the real estate commission is going to be the commission that was negotiated uh that should already be known <laughs> <laughs> idiot and uh one thing that we do that makes the net sheet for us very simplistic and this is where i was joking with hunter over there because um, they have they break out all these costs you don't have to do that all you have to do is take pretty much one percent of that sales price the title policy doesn't cost that but if you after you factor in all the other things it's gonna be somewhere right under that so we always tell you to use one percent of the sales price if you do it like that take the sales price minus the real estate commission Minus 1% of that sales price for the title policy, minus the prorated taxes, minus the debt. You're almost always going to be within 500 or so dollars of what that net sheet is. And we do not want surprises with our seller when they get to that document and they look at it. In fact, that's another takeaway from today. We advise when you're doing that, that you have already had the discussion with that seller and they are well aware of what they're getting back so that if there is any shock value we've already uncovered it at that point and we know what to think versus having it right there in front of everybody like hunter and you know morgan over there you know and, and now they're like it's completely uncomfortable because 
there's there's something that was wrong that why did why did we have to wait till we got to Hunter and Morgan? We could have done that last night. We could have told them last night, hey, you're gonna be within this amount. And that would have started the no, that's wrong, blah, blah, blah. Why should we wait to do it in front of them? You know, so that's a good takeaway from today that you're you're you should go over that CD the night before. And you should have already had confidence that your number was right. We do pride ourselves. We are pretty damn good with getting that number right. I don't. There's not many sellers that when I get to their bottom line, I'm like, told you to be somewhere close to that. So well, it's a the, really good thing. On the side, too, when you get that CD, you have to pray to God that the, the buyer has enough cash to close. You know, you're, you, well, you know, that lender should have talked to them, whatever. But, you know, maybe they only think my down payment is all I need and. You know, we've all run into that where they don't realize how much their closing costs are, plus the prepaids, right? Prepaid interest, prepaid, you know, taxes, insurance. You know, and that's why in our checklist, you know, it's easy to be biased on your own checklist, you know, because you want to say that they're right and they're good. But you know what? They are. I mean, we have that in our stuff. We have that in there to where we tell someone, you know, I don't know many brokers that have a checklist for their buyer that specifically says, hey, are you sure you know what your cash to close is going to be? Do you realize that that's down payment and closing costs are completely separate things? You know, do you realize that when you say 20% down, that's just your down payment. It doesn't include another probably three and a half percent of closing costs. We actually know that. And you know why those are in those checklists? Because I got tired of getting my ass chewed out because I get to close in front of someone like Hunter and Morgan. And the person's like, you never told me this. And I'm like, God, I didn't know that I had to go to the bathroom for you either. But, you know, you should have already known this. And, and sometimes we make, the, we make assumptions and assumptions are very bad uh, in this business. So we're pretty psycho about it. Uh, we, we ask them up front because we do not want to wait to the end to find out that we got a problem and Brent and Mike are both right. We do see it. We do see that buyer. That's like, Hey, that's not my, uh, you know, that that's not my monthly payment. And I don't have that money. I'm like, where have you been? Well, what, what have you been doing in this process? And, you know, any lender who watches and all my lender friends, they probably get irritated by this, but I'm the first one to say that should have never happened. You should have told them. I mean, they they should have known that that should, that conversation should happen four or five times. Now we're over at close, and this person, there's a very good chance it's going to have to bolt because they didn't know or they cut it too close. That just never or, made any sense. You know, to the me. buyer that scrapes up because they think you have to put twenty percent down, right? So they scrape up just to get twenty percent. They don't realize that closing cost is going to put them below that. Now they've got PMI, and now they can't afford the house. Yeah, and it's amazing that it still happens, but. It's, it's also uh, amazing that someone who's closing at 8 a.m. on Monday is like, oh, I haven't gotten a check yet from the bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, right. They're closing and they don't have all their stuff ready to go. I had a buyer close on a house. They signed and everything. And then they get to their new house and they couldn't. It was new construction. They couldn't pick up the keys. And he goes, hey, he calls me. Hey, when should I? um?" Where should I wire the money? When when should I send the money? I'm like, oh, didn't you? He goes, yeah. I'm like, they didn't tell you? Well, no. And I'm like, oh my god. So they they weren't able to move in that day because it was after uh, the wire cutoff. They had to wait through the weekend. And this is exactly what we're talking about. This is not a hard process, but you start throwing stuff like that in there, 
and you just made an easy process difficult and probably going to cause some emotional issues. And that's why it's super mad. important to have those vendors that you can trust. Like Hunter, you know, you have a good title company. If you've got a good lender, you know, those guys make your job way easier. And if they, if you have a vendor, especially like you've got a, a, a buyer that wants to use one of the big banks and that's who they want to go with, you know, they're established with them and there's no communication, your job is going to become 10 times harder. Yeah, the title companies are horrifically regulated. I mean, they pretty much, I mean, they cannot spit in the wind without it coming back because they all do the same thing from a structure standpoint. Most of the title companies where they distinguish themselves is their customer service and their ability to be available. And that there's a damn good reason that Hunter is one of our main uh, title folks because that's what he pretty much lives day to day. And we have the utmost confidence that our stuff's going to get done and more important that he responds to us. You know, communication with the title company is a big deal. There are a lot of title companies out there that uh, they just don't care. You know, I've got one right now that the uh, uh, there was a there's a high the, the high the state highway. They're extending it. And, you know, we were supposed to close yesterday. And they're, they're saying, well, the title company's like, hey, look, we can't close this without the release of lien from the judge. I go, what, what did y'all just, did you just find this yesterday? I go, that had to be in the commitment from 20, uh, from day 20. We're on day 31 right now. And, of course, you got all these, blah, blah, I, I didn't know, blah, blah. And I'm like, so, so, so now in this one, we've actually got the funds at the title company. The lender believes they funded, but the title company's all we got the money, but we're not we're not doing anything with it until that is is gone. And I'm like, how did how did we get to this point? And with the communication side of it, you know, it takes me like five or six emails before someone responds to me over there. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like Hunter, I'm not I'm not gonna ask him twice. If it's something like that, I'm like, did y'all do it or not? And the, those people there, I just, it, it kills me. I'm, I just put my hands up. I go, how have y'all made it this long when you let people just sit out there like that and you make up these excuses as to why you're looking for this now? I mean, anybody would have known that that had to be taken care of day two, two or three weeks ago. Well, and Rob, how important is it too? You know, I'm going to toot our own horn as a firm. You know, we work 24 hours a day, you know, to support our agents, but also our agents will work 24 hours a day for their clients. And it's important to have a title company to where, like Morgan, I can text her, you know, late at night and she's going to respond or a lender that will get back to you. You know, if you've got, you know, you've got offices, you've got title companies and lenders that only work nine to five Monday through Friday. And that really does not work well um, for a smooth process for the client. And I think that's just an important thing to have those resources together. Yeah, if you're a new agent, the title company that you choose, that you select, your number one priority or at least objective with them better be that they are customer service oriented um, because that's all they can separate. You know, he's very insubordinate and not what we're looking for. But <laughs> he falls short, but Morgan's really good, so it's okay. <laughs> well, he's, thanks he's, for the confidence. He, he, he's, just, he's just the sales guy. It's all right. <laughs> it does matter. It does matter, and uh, yeah, I can tell you this, no matter what, Morgan or Hunter, if they ever screwed up, I can promise you that they would have done every damn thing they could have to put a stop to it 
versus just a eh, they'll be all right. And that can that can be important because you have to have confidence that everything was done. Uh, so you know these this this topic can go on for days. These are just bits and pieces uh, that we're talking about. So let's go back into the uh, the we talked about the disclosure checking it. Let's go back in and talk about the buyer walkthrough. So you're supposed to schedule a buyer walkthrough. The most ideal walkthrough would be an hour before close because that way you know nothing has happened. You know, there's no flood from the night before, which does happen occasionally. Fire. Um, yeah, fire. God. Oh, wait, wait, were you? Oh, that's you weren't there yesterday. So I thought you were with me when you said that. That uh, um, uh, Tom's, Thomas. Over there in Forney, uh, that the new build that we have back there. Yeah. So I did the walk with them yesterday. You're welcome. I didn't make you go out there and do it because that was like ridiculously mm-hmm. far for me. But I was at the happy hour. You demanded I go too. Well, I finally did something right. So we're over at. Uh, uh, I get over there. I'm like, holy shit! The house next to him torched. I mean, a bolt of lighting hit it. And I mean, it, it decimated it. They said it hit like at 5.30 in the morning. It took five minutes for the roof to cave. They barely got out these people. And it's right next to the house that we're selling. I was like, man, I go, I've seen that before, but nothing like that. Uh, they said it made the news and everything. It was crazy what happened. That's where um, Mel lives close to there, and her house got hit by lightning over there, too. Must be something about Forney and the lightning. I don't know. That's what the homes are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was something funny in that conversation yesterday, though. The uh, uh, my, my client, he was being polite because the other builder was there, but evidently, uh, whoever that was, they got a big dispute about them grounding rods and whether they were functioning like they should because <laughs> they're, they're saying that that should not have happened. I've never heard yeah. of a bolt of lightning making a roof cave in. Well, no, yeah, it's the it was the heat, the 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 spark that hit it, it it like caught some of the insulation and it went like a wildfire, and it literally hovered inside and just collapsed it the whole thing within minutes. It was so hot, but it's uh, you know, it's must not have been fire retardant insulation. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, this is why we talk about that walkthrough, though. That does. You know, you're 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 pretty damn naive if you think that everything's just fine the next day. You know, I can't even count my hands the amount of time I walked into a, a house the next day and something had been stolen or someone broke into it. So we prefer that you walk at the day the hour before. But look, here's the problem: you can't do that because if there's anything wrong, we can't be you know tell everybody to hold up an hour before. So we need to start looking the night before and say, look. We'll just have to take our chances that it's okay. But, you know. Well, I think, too, you can do a couple of things. If you um, do a walk the night before, the next morning, you can at least drive by as an agent, right? Just to make sure the house still is there. Right. No broken windows or anything like right. that. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. Um, you know, it's that, important th- to catch all these things beforehand because if you walk in there to sign and think that you're just going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just – We'll just we'll just cross through that and change it. That isn't going to happen. You will not be signing that day. Yeah, and you know, you you said, I, and I, I'm never, 
I'm very transparent with stuff I talk about, even if it's an embarrassment or bad to me. But, you know, there, there's going to come a time where I did not walk a house and and someone's going to come after me because something was wrong that I should have caught. I mean, I, I hate to say it, especially with our guys when they listen, because I would never want them to do it. But I, I, don't, I don't always go and walk that house. Now, I make them sign it. Which is probably pretty crappy, right? But, uh, but I I don't always walk it, and I, and I I do wait for the day where someone's like, "Hey, man, this house doesn't even exist right now," you know, like old Blake's house, like like old Blake and, and uh, Mesquite over there. That was horrible. God, what the uh, tornado? Yeah, that was insane. So yeah, you gotta you gotta. We we instruct you to walk it the night before, but Brent's right. The best uh, the best medicine there is to go ahead and walk it the night before, and then do a drive by really quick before you close. Make sure there's just nothing out of the ordinary there. But it, it, this is so hard for us though because when you go back and walk the house, you got two issues. One, has this deal been a pain in the ass from the beginning? Have we had bad relationships with these people because it's not going to get any better if the stuff's not done. So are we prepared to how far are we going to push this? You know, uh, who's really in breach them or us if we don't sign. So uh, don't get too caught up in this next, um, you know, as we keep talking uh, about this next section here, because, you know, it, it, it can happen to certain people. It, it can happen. And you're just like, I, I had no idea, you know, well, enough uh, walkthrough should be brief. It should be within 10 minutes. You know, a lot of people want to spend an hour in there. I'm like, what are we doing here? We're just making sure the house. So is that's over. good. You should tell them when you go in there. That's a great point. This is not uh, inspection day. You know, this is a, hey, it's all good. Thumbs up. Let's go. And that expectation. Is, yeah, yeah no, that's right. Measure. That's right. That's right. You don't, you don't need your tape measure. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. We always joke about how we don't do agendas for these things because when we start talking about, it, I'm like, God, this, there's there's nothing that would stop this conversation. Yeah, you know, I, I I go back and I start thinking about uh, all the deals. I remember one of the walkthroughs in the colony when I first started, literally like my second or third home. Uh, the the seller calls me, hey, we got a problem. This guy is just a jackass. So I'm like, what? He goes, well, he, every time he's doing a walkthrough and he's got a freaking pin and he's sticking holes in my, in my, um, uh, my window frames. Cause there was a, uh, they had requested a repair for wood rot. And, oh. and this, by the way, this is the, this is the quintessential why we do this now because of this. Uh, so we agreed to it. We fixed it. And, you know, painted it back. The guy, once he sees it, and, he's, and it's clearly fixed. But he takes his pin and he starts doing this. And the pin's going into the into the hardy plank. Wasn't that the dad? Yes, it was. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're like, buddy, if I did that, we'd be here our entire life, you know. So you have to have some understanding when you come in. You have to prep people. Say, hey, look, I'm not concerned about the simplistic stuff. I need to know if there's something wrong in that house. You know, if someone vomited in the carpet and needs to be cleaned, you know, if someone let an animal in there, I go, we, we need to take care of this. So that walkthrough, the walkthrough is essential. It's a big piece of what we do. And then it flows back into the title company. So 
I want to talk some about the title company itself because that's why we brought um, uh, Fair Texas face? on here. Yeah, what's the face? Uh, that's why we brought Fair Texas in here. I was actually thinking of Dave Hector. <laughs> trying to remember his name. But, uh, we, their job is very, uh, is very thankless. You know, Morgan, if she, if she, if she would shake her head if she heard this because, you know, she's the last one. And if there's problems, they don't give a damn whether it was her or not. She's the one that's going to hear it. So for us, we try super hard. It's not so much that how much content we've gone back and forth, but we're trying to make sure that we've done it right so that when we get in there, you know, it's just not a disaster and they're just chewing her out left and right. And that's what happens. She ends up taking the brunt of something that she was never even responsible for. And, and the buyer takes it out, the agent takes it out, the listing agent takes it out. And uh, sometimes it's not fair, especially if they've done what they were supposed to do. I mean, even the lady last night, I gave her I gave her a pretty good earful. I'm like, you know, I, I don't I don't mind a mistake. I go, but we're we're literally this is not new news. So how long has it been sitting there before if they always have an excuse? You know, there's always some excuse. Oh, well, you know, my dog died four days ago and I recar I, I gave it mouth to mouth and it's living now. Yeah, I mean, there's always something. There's always some excuse as to why, it, you know, uh, they didn't get it done. So we got to be careful there. We got to make sure that we're trying to make it easier for the title company and that their calculations and everything they're doing is just what they're told. You know, title companies will tell you. When people start asking for them advice, especially on the contracts, uh, they're, they're like, hey, look, I'm, I'm a neutral party here. This is not my, I'm not here to help you. I'm, I can get you through this, but you know, I'm not your support. So usually when you call to yell at the title company, you're not going to do it then. You're going to do it when you know what's happened and when you know the person is responsible for you. You don't care whether they were sleeping or it wasn't, you know. You're you're going to be you hold them accountable, and I mean, it's just not the most pleasant of times for us. It, it can be very upsetting at times when we have things go wrong inside uh, uh, with the title company because they're having to take the brunt of everybody. It's really unfair for them. Uh, they don't deserve it. Uh, we have to tell our clients many times, like, "Hey, you're getting on with the wrong person." Uh, that's the last part. All they you think if there's anybody more motivated right now in this process, it's that person because they want to get rid of you. What would make you think that they would be delaying something? You know, clearly, clearly without yeah. You got a big with on Morgan on that one. Yeah, I mean, I never understood that. You're like, what? well, why would you think we're the ones that the the title company wants that? You know, so it's just a stupid uh, assumption that some people make, but. Uh, there's no doubt they'll chew that title person's ass out for something that they're just mad, you know, and they're the last person. It's kind of like the, the divorces, you know, when we're dealing with the, the spouses. I mean, they, they just cannot help themselves but drag us into it. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, asking us our opinion on adultery or our opinion. I'm like, hey, man, I don't give a shit about this. Why am I the one that's having to talk about this? You know, they, they put us in bad spots and. They take their last shots. They take their last shots on the divorce. They take the last shots at the, the title person, especially when it's all wrong. So it's really tough uh, for them. And it's another reason why you have to have a good title company. You have to have 
uh, folks that you know personally, they're going to have no problem getting through no matter what uh, is out there. Okay, so, you know, title goes through. They're basically following the instructions of the of the lender. The lender told them that they're going to, this is how the loan structure, this is how they're going to um, uh, fund the loan. And title goes through and they break it. They do some basic accounting with debits and credits and they're balancing this 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 sellers this closing disclosure out but they're really just following instructions that's another kind of hypocritical part of this you know someone's yelling at title company like what are you yelling at me for i'm just following doing what i was told you know i just did exactly what y'all asked me to do so there it is but when you start having questions as to whether something was done wrong by the lender and and, and it is it's usually the lender and that's not offense to all the lenders, but if there's a problem there, it's usually the lender. That's another thing I've never understood. I've never understood, why am I the one that's going to close? There's nothing I'm going to be able to do for anybody right now. The only thing that's going to be screwed up at that close is the lender. So why isn't the lender there? I'll, I'll go to my grave never understand that. That lender's the one who should be at the at the close, not me. It's very rare. Like I think I've only seen a lender show up two or three times. Yeah, and it's actually nice when they are there because they're like, oh, if there's any issues, that's the person that can explain it. No so, shit, exactly. Yeah, because that is that's they're the ones that messed it up. That usually when something does go wrong, they're the first call I make. I'm like, yeah, it's funny that you're not here. I go, why am I taking the earful right now? And Hunter and Morgan are taking the earful right now, and you're the one who caused this. Well, and I you're not even here. I tell my clients, I said, if you want to see see me be completely useless, watch me at title, watch me at close, because I'm literally. It's true. Person. It's true, and that's a great takeaway for a lot of the agents out there. You know, we have a lot of agents that, you know, one of our uh, newer ones asked me last week, well, "What do I do at close?" I go, "Nothing." <laughs> I go, "Moral support." I mean, it, it's it really is. It's the it, it's a waste of time because unless there's something wrong, yeah, if there's something wrong. You know, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. We're just going to have to, you know, basically be a middleman between other people and talking to them, you know. And just slide avoid a check over to the title company when they're not looking to so, see your money wired. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see what else. We got that. Uh, we talked about So the delivery, um, uh, the night before, we talked about the closing disclosure. And we talked about uh, preparing the buyer. You know, we have to tell them how much they're money they need to bring for the next day uh, they can either do that in a cashier check or they can have a wire if they're going to wire obviously we would have needed to know that because we would have had to get the wire instructions and we would have had to have done it the night before uh, because that wire might not hit if we do it too late on the next day so these are instructions that they should be following but we have to prepare them if they're going um uh, if they're making a cashier's check, you know it, it is made to the title company. The title company is the one that's paying it. They're gonna they're gonna cut it, and, you know, credit themselves back for it, but they're the ones that are crediting that thing as it comes through. So um, we have to make sure that we've told them how much it's gonna be and that the check is made out to the right person. Uh, it's amazing how many times they have to come back and ask Hunter or Morgan for, you know, we still have to sign something. We forgot to do this. I'm like, how and funding too is a huge deal that we've got to talk about. It's a disaster. I don't even know we have time for that. That might be a whole nother uh, section because I'll give you guys the takeaway because uh, we uh, we want to cut the uh, show short. And obviously, you know, being at twelve fifty five, we're gonna we're gonna do this one again because we really only talked about the bare minimal uh, 
but the bare minimal is usually the most important part of it because uh, there's reasons why we had to discuss it because it means we've had issues before. So there's no doubt the possession and all that type of stuff is going to cause us a lot of problems. So uh, we'll save that for another time. I want to make sure that you guys realize that you should be at that close, even though we were just joking that we hardly do it sometimes. Uh, you should be there. Uh, you should have explained everything, even though it's not your responsibility. You should have been well-versed enough to explain, here's what's going to happen. I agree if it's something of, you know, a more violent nature. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what I, what I meant by the way I was going to say that, but. I only show up if I like the clients, truly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that, but I, I think at times if it's crystal clear, I've always, I've always decided if they're, uh, if I think they understood themselves. If they understood, I'm like, well, then I, now I'm really not going to go. I mean, why, why would I do that if I if I know? But there are some that I'm like, there's no way I'm going to let them go themselves. God knows what they're capable of in there, you know, pulling out a magnifying gas glass and reading, you know, the entire, uh, you know, I, 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 well, they are the deed. I love that. Can I read the deed? I'm like, no. You could have done that like two or three days ago, maybe even a month ago if you really wanted to. So, no, we're not going to do that. What's something else from a broad overview, Brent, that we would have wanted to have talked about? Um, I mean, like if the title company is communicating with the, with the buyer, and also, I mean, I guess we can talk about scheduling, right? Because a lot of times uh, there's not a lot of communication between when the buyers and sellers are going to sign what day they're going to sign. Sometimes the sellers yeah. sign early. Sometimes yeah, so, yeah. so the takeaway there is everybody, whether you're on the buyer side or the sell side, it's customary. You, you get that thing signed as quick as possible. I mean, unless there's some just absolutely ridiculous excuse, we want that thing done early. We don't want to be screwing around waiting for a, wa a waiver cutoff or a wire cutoff. We especially don't want to be doing it on Thursday or Friday. Christ, if you have Bank yeah. of America... A Bank of America, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't deposit on Wednesday, your deposit's not going to make it till Tuesday. And how there has not been some type of lawsuit on how those guys do that is beyond me. I mean, Bank of America, and I can say it too because I'm a customer out there. This is a fact. If I deposit money at Bank of America on Thursday, their wire cutouts and all that stuff, it, it doesn't hit until like the Tuesday. Then they they claim it has to be the second the next business day, so if you if you deposit it on a Friday, or if if you deposit on Thursday, Friday is the business day that it actually was deposited, and then it gets delivered the next business day. I'm like, you guys are just holding that money, you're just holding the money and putting it, making the interest off of it. I don't know how it's legal, but you start getting to that type of stuff, you got even bigger issues. The weekends uh, is is the antichrist when it comes to, you know, closing. And no, no, nobody wants to be closing on Friday. In fact, I don't even know how Hunter and Morgan and them. I don't even know how they even schedule it. That they, they gotta. You guys have to when you schedule that. Go shit. This is just not be good for any which way. Well, There's no way. Schedules for the end of the month. Why does everyone yeah. put it on the thirty first? Yeah. everyone wants it on the thirty first, and that's just a beating. I think it's I mean, because a lot of buyers, they think that if it's not after the 31st, they have to pay that next mortgage payment immediately instead of just, 
you know, they have to the fifteenth. So I tell you, if I was a title person, that would be my biggest gripe. Anytime someone scheduled them out, I go, whose bright idea was this? Why are we doing it today? You know, that's a, why, why, why don't we, why don't we do it? Let's do uh, uh, Wednesday afternoon on Thanksgiving. You know, that's a good time to do this. I mean, I, how, how can that even, mm-hmm. yeah, how does it get there? How does it get to that point? I mean, I, I would lose my mind just looking at someone going, this, this has bad written all over it. Even if it's perfect, it's got bad written all over it. So just another thing that the title companies get the uh, on all the time. Let's see. Uh, God, there's so many things to discuss, and there's just well, a little time. The whole time. Well, I mean, we we pretty much were not expecting him to. <laughs> That's not his forte. <laughs> Hey, Hunter, have you now, learned anything about this process and this whole thing? <laughs> okay. I know that you're much more involved now. I can get you to the right people. And I'm, uh, 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 and I'm supervising knows. him. She's the one that knows. She's the one that knows all of this. Mike, that was good. Did you learn anything? <laughs> I did. I did learn something today. I love it. Well, so, guys, we, we try not to uh, uh, be more than an hour. So, look, here's the thing. A lot of times... We don't script our shows, so uh, sometimes we can be very uh, formal and informal. Today's show is really more informal because the closing process, it's the overview that we really wanted to talk about today. If we got into the detail, those are separate shows. I mean, possession alone is a two-hour conversation at a minimum, you know. Uh, If you actually wanted to go through and look at the closing disclosure and look at the calculations, that would probably take another hour. We're really kind of just saying that the things that you wanted it and this is the best way to end it because here's the summary of of what it is that you're doing for those of you that are you know it's your first time or whatever or you even need a refresher because it's been a long time since you closed you got to make sure that you get you get the close scheduled usually about a week in advance you want to call title and say hey what do y'all have for this date again once again i would do it as early as possible uh you're gonna get a, a closing disclosure is going to be done probably a few days before, um, sometimes the day of. But you want to ask uh, the lender, hey, look, is that done? Then you want to ask the title company, can can we um, can we get a copy of it? Because we want to verify all that stuff. Uh, we're going to, and, and if there's problems, we want to address it the night before. We don't want to address it at the close. Uh, then we want to have scheduled a, a walkthrough. And we will have that walkthrough document with us when we go to that house. We are going to have that person sign off that they are accept- accepting this house the way it is. And if they have any problems with it, they need to go find somebody else before uh, we close on this. So uh, you're going to have those steps in there. And by far the most important, you know, we didn't even talk about when they're at close. And the reason why we don't is because it doesn't matter. I-, I-, I love it when someone hesitates on the documents. I always kind of lean over and go, there's not a damn thing you can do if you want that house. You're going to have to sign it. So I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what you're reading. I don't know what you're trying to. You and I both know that you gotta, you're you going to move into that house. You're going to have to sign that. There's nothing. There's nothing in the history of this world where they went back and changed it when you read it. It's not going to happen. So why are we why are we sitting here looking at that thing? Um, and then finally, and Brent, it touched on it, and Mike as well earlier, you're not done closing just because you signed. In fact, that's the most insignificant piece of this. 
The only thing that matters is when someone like Morgan says, I got the money. Because other than that, it doesn't mean a damn thing. I, I, it's a great example of the one I got right now over there in Rockwall or whatever. That, that money's sitting there right now. They've all signed. But that title company will not release it until they get that. So it's not done until it's truly funded. It's not done, well actually funded and communicated. That's the, that's why they break it up like that. Actually, I, I just I answered my own question. Like right now, it has funded, but it has not been communicated. They're not going to allow it to go over until they get that that release from the from the judge saying that there is no problem with the state extending the road. So that's a big takeaway as well. A lot of people think that uh, once you sign, you can go get keys or the night before you, you, you cannot access the house until it is fully funded. And it's, you've been told by someone like Morgan that the house is funded. It's yours. And that's, that's the general overview as to what we're doing. If you want a nonchalant uh, way, that's what we're doing when we go through these things. So, more of a simplistic show. Lots of problems on the back end that we talk about in other uh, shows. But for today, uh, that was going to be uh, really what we wanted to accomplish. Now, I'm going to tell you all, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. But you all really want to watch the show that we have next week. You're going to find it that it's interesting because we're all going to be in the same clothes because we're about to tape that show right after we get off this one. But that one, now that's going to be one that some of y'all really need to pay attention to. It's interesting. A lot of people don't realize this. Most realtors are not taught how to read a survey. Not in school, not in their classes, not by their broker. One of the best services that a title company can do for us is actually teaching the agents to read that survey. Because first of all, they're the ones that are going to be affected by it. Title two. Um, so the next show that we're about to do here, you might want to watch that one. Uh, my guess is you're going to learn a few things about, you know, what does it mean when you have an X on the borderline of a property? Is that a fence? Does it mean it's encroached? This is where you get to utilize some of all that ridiculous real estate vocabulary that you got way back when. And now you can't use it because you don't even know what it means. So <laughs> but this will be a good one for you. There's not enough training of the surveys. There's not enough training of, of reading a survey. So thanks for watching. We appreciate you guys. Always, we always put a plug in for our um, particular brokerage. Go to joinswr.com if you're ever interested about doing full or part-time real estate. We are one of the only brokerages in the country that cater to both sides of it. Uh, it's a very unique type of brokerage. It was created because it went off of all my bad beats. I know exactly what it was like to work somewhere else. Uh, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, whether you work 70 hours a week, whether you uh, are in the next phase of retiring, whether you do just a few investing uh, houses here and there, all of you are good fits uh, for um, us at SWR. So go to joinswr.com uh, if you ever get a chance. Thanks for watching. We always appreciate it. Pass the show on to anybody else, especially those that you know are struggling with certain pieces. We will see you next week, which really means we're going to see you in just a few minutes. And we're going to talk about survey. Hunter, uh, on this one, cut the uh, get out of it, hit leave, and then come back in the second link, okay? All right. If, you, if Mike and Brenda, uh, I'm assuming one of you will be here. If not, uh, I will handle. But everybody else, take care. We'll see you all soon. Thanks for watching.